I'm Chris Gunkel, and this is the TREP Improvement Project Podcast, where we are building a better entrepreneur. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the TREP Improvement Project. Today, we're talking about design and quality and that brand image that we're putting forth. So I'm very excited to have my guest with me today. I have Brandy Shea. And she is a rock star design expert. She's the founder of Mile One Creative. And that's really an affordable all-in-one branding solution. She specializes with helping with startups. She specializes with helping entrepreneurs get that good, solid brand image and make it look high quality. She works with John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire. So, and some other, you know, really great clients nationwide, all over the place from new entrepreneurs to some top-level brands that you would recognize. And what she does is she she not only works on the design part, but she steps back and she, she helps you with your business and makes sure that the message that you're putting forth is aligned with what you're doing with your business to make sure you're really reading that reaching that audience. So, Brandy, thank you so much for coming on the show and welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. No problem. And I gave everybody just, you know, a, a quick snapshot about you and what you do, but can you dive in a little bit more and tell us about your company? What do you do? Yeah, so what we we kind of started with just providing design services for startups and entrepreneurs. Um, and I, it really didn't start flourishing until I started working with Entrepreneur on Fire, and we've been with them since the very beginning. But it was actually, it was probably about six months after they launched that we started working with them. Um, so we work directly with them to help them kind of um, you know, professionalize their image a little bit, just clean things up. And I mean, they obviously John and Kate are totally skyrocketing everything on their own. But um, so from there, we kind of got exposed to the world of entrepreneurship and startups. And one thing that a lot of my clients come to me with that they struggle with is finding their focal point. And really, a lot of my clients come to be very overwhelmed. And because, I mean, there's, you know, information overload. There's always these things that are being thrown our way that we're, you know, being told to do. And so we specifically specialize in helping clients find their focal point and then helping them create a quality image that represents them professionally. And I think that's so important to really know who you're speaking to, know what the message is that you have to get across before you start doing all the marketing stuff behind it, right? For sure. I mean, building that solid foundation, unless you have that solid foundation, things are going to get scattered. And I mean, it's it's so important to have something solid there before officially launching, you know? And I mean, this is kind of a debate that I've discussed with other entrepreneurs because you don't want to get stuck on something and spend like two years trying to develop your look and become obsessed with it. And, you know, pre- pre- have it prevent you from actually launching. But at the same time, it still is incredibly important to focus on it. Absolutely. So you're so you're all in one. You're helping people out with the strategy, helping them put everything together. Now, what was it that brought you into this? Where did you get your start? What's your passion? Well, so um, it's actually kind of funny. I went to school for behavioral science. So I didn't actually go... Uh, for design. However, my mother was a designer. She was a freelance designer when I, as I was growing up. And um, to be honest, when I was a kid, I was I was so horrible at art, and <laughs> I, I really didn't ever think that I would have a career in art. I really thought that I was going to go in the area of psychology. Um, 
but then I got, I was really interested in marketing too because I liked the psychology behind marketing. So I got a position at a marketing company and I was just going to be the receptionist starting out, but then they were shorthanded on designers and I kind of just got thrown into it. And so then I, I spent years teaching myself the programs, like the really, you know, high level programs that you've got to use to create good designs. And from there, it, it honestly, it's been a very quick progression. I mean, I, I think it's really just due to working my butt off over the past few years. You know, it sounds like so many people that I talk to, they, they had their plans laid out. This is what I'm going to do with my life. Something happens and they end up, you know, playing around with something else and realize, I really love this and people love what I do for them. And then now they're in business. Right, right. Well, I think we have this idea in our head, like, you know, we're supposed to be a certain person. We're supposed to have a certain career. But when it comes down to it, if that's not the career that's right for you, eventually you'll figure it out. You know, I, I think that happens with a lot of especially entrepreneurs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, with your market working with entrepreneurs, a lot of times, you know, we're getting going. It might be something on the side. It's it's maybe something that we are bootstrapping. And it seems to me that a lot of times this design element really kind of goes to the back burner. You know, we, we want to get something functional. We want to be able to say, okay, I have this website. I need to get a website, so I'm going to hurry up and do the website. And it functions, but it's not great. Um, and we don't have a ton of money, and so we try to do it ourselves. Um, and it doesn't maybe always look that good. So can you can you speak to the do-it-yourselfers out there about maybe maybe some, some places they can go or some things that they can do to make sure they're still getting a, a decent image out there? Absolutely. So the first thing that I always recommend, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a designer, I'm saying this because this is based on what the entrepreneurs that I've talked with have struggled with as well. It, it really is important to talk to a professional from the beginning. You know, you don't necessarily have to hire the professional to do, to do the design for you, but just kind of telling them what your business is and help having them kind of help you find your focus, that's going to give you a good start in figuring out how to create your design elements. Um, another thing that's incredibly important is to simplify things. This is also where people tend to go wrong. And one quote that my mother always told me that has stuck with me from the beginning is just because you can doesn't mean you should, which I mean, that says that speaks truth in so many ways. Um, simple logo design, which design always starts with the logo. Simple logo design looks so much more professional and sophisticated than something that is cluttered or multiple colors are all over the place, you know? I mean, my logo, for instance, is just three letters. And that's because I tried about 20 different logos and I'm a perfectionist and I just, you know, ultimately <laughs> ended up just saying whatever, I'll just do three letters. So, um, but that, that definitely, I think that entrepreneurs think they need to have something very complex, but in the end, simplicity is key. So that is definitely, for all you DIY designers out there, that is something so incredibly important. Um, another thing with when it comes to DIY websites, that's kind of tricky because there's so many elements that play into building a website, but just make sure that it's responsive and make sure that you study the look of popular, popular websites. For instance, if, if you're like a podcaster, 
looking at Entrepreneur on Fire's website or Pat Flynn's website, um, just kind of observing what they're doing and trying to implement that in your own way is, is really important. So let's say I'm just getting started here and I don't even understand what you mean by responsive. So can you tell us what's a responsive website? How do we build one? Yeah, so responsive means that it's, it shows up on people's smartphones in the correct way. Which responsive websites, they kind of just started coming to uh, light within the past couple of years. Like they, they really have grown in importance because so many people use their smartphones now to browse the web. Um, so, that's, so that's what a responsive website is. And to get a responsive website, typically if you're doing it on WordPress, which is a website building platform, there's WordPress themes which are pre-coded. I, I, let me know if I'm getting too complicated. No, nope, you're good. You're good. Go with it. Awesome. So there's WordPress themes, which are pre-coded with HTML. And typically that what comes with the themes is like design tutorials. It'll show you how to set it up within WordPress. It's, I mean, they're fantastic for DIY designers. And um, a lot of the times those themes offer a responsive option. So, I mean, it'll look great on a website, you know, just on a desktop. It'll look great on an iPad, on a cell phone everything. Um, another, another platform that I actually recently ran across, of, across with was Lead Pages. Have you heard of Lead Pages? Absolutely. Lead Pages is great. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I have been studying the DIY website platforms for a while now because I've been trying to help my clients. I, I have a lot of like budget conscious clients who you know, can't afford my services and so they're setting things up on their own. So I try and help them find the best DIY platform and I had no idea that lead pages even existed until a few weeks ago, and I was completely blown away. That one, I would say, definitely offers the highest quality. It, I mean, it's, it has a simple interface, and the output is great. It's responsive. So I would, if, if, if I were recommending something to a DIY designer or just an entrepreneur, I'd say go with lead pages. So here's the lesson, Trap Tribe. It's okay to go ahead and do some things yourself. Keep it simple, especially if you want that, that high quality kind of premier design. Um, and, and go out and find some, some good templates. WordPress is a great platform to use. Find some good templates. I know I go to ThemeForest a lot of times, so you can check out ThemeForest.net, I believe it is. And, um, and you can get some templates there that are done and you basically just have to fill in some of the blanks. Um, so it's a great thing to do. And, and one thing I wanted to mention, Brandy, you, you talked about just, you know, simplicity being key and how it looks so much better. I, I look at a lot of, um, you know, premier brands uh, to get some inspiration on things and, and you look at it and they might just have a signature and that's all it is, like a classy looking signature and it's all white or all black. Or I look at uh, like restoration hardware and they, they sell a lot of really high end furniture and it's just a simple typeface. That's right. all it is. And they do it in white and it looks beautiful. Absolutely. I mean, that, that can be achieved by anyone, you know, by just finding a nice looking clean font that's, that's very, that people can read easily, um, and just consistently using it with all of your design collateral. That will keep your brand tied together nicely and will not overcomplicate things. Now, you're talking about consistency. So are, are you saying that I should use the same logo, the same design over all of my templates, all of my social media, all of that stuff, or, or can I vary it for each one, or how how consistent do I need to be with that? Consistency is absolutely important, and I should have touched on that earlier. That is something 
that consistency is what keeps your brand together. So if if someone's viewing you, like say they're checking out your Facebook page and they see your logo there and they're, you know, they're seeing checking out what you do and everything, then they're they're on Twitter and they run across your Twitter page and if your logo looks different or if your cover image looks really different from what your Facebook page looked like, they're not going to associate the two. So it's going to cause consumer confusion. You know, so it's just it's always recommended to keep things very, very consistent. And that means like even if you like basing your social media covers off the look of your website, that's great as well. Okay, very nice. So we've we figured out who our audience is. We figured out kind of how we want to reach them, what we want the look to be. But let's say I decide I have no patience to learn how to do any of this design stuff. It's out of my wheelhouse. I need to hire somebody, but there are so many options out there. Am, am I getting better quality from, from a place where I'm spending seven or $800 for a logo? Or is it okay to go ahead and spend $200 for a logo? Or what am I looking for in a designer that's going to help me out? How do I know they're going to meet my needs? Well, so if you're, if you're starting out and you're budget conscious, I would not look into the large design firms, like the, the big corporations. Working with freelancers is really great, although I have a lot of my clients come to me because they've kind of, they've had a lot of bad experiences with freelancers. So, I mean, it, it kind of does vary, um, but finding, if you, if you know someone who has a good design, asking them where they got their design done, that's a great way to find someone. That's how a lot of my clients come to me because, you know, they were referred my way. Um, or I mean, if, you know, if anyone out there is listening and they, they need help in this arena, I would be more than happy to offer my assistance or my advice. So, um, if you're budget conscious, stick with a freelancer. I would not recommend Fiverr, Fiverr.com at all. I, that is a service that I don't really know why it's around. Um, cause I mean, everything you, you get what you pay for, you know, and paying $5 for a logo is just not going to be good in the end. So I, I do recommend sticking with, you know, try elancer.com or Behance or just asking around and asking people where they got their designs done or, you know, talking to an actual designer. And, and I'll just speak to Fiverr real quick. I mean, Fiverr is a great resource for some things. Right. Um, and, and what Brandy's saying is maybe not design. Um, Go ahead and, and, and find somebody that's going to do a really good quality job. You're going to spend a couple of bucks, but it doesn't have to be a crazy amount. Right. Now, Brandy, what do you what do you say to the person who has gone on and maybe they've gotten their site or they've gotten their uh, domain on GoDaddy and they've used the GoDaddy page builder, which I'm sure you love. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they don't stick out at all. They've used that and they say, well, you know what? I just needed a site and it's good enough. I mean, is that is it really hurting them to have that site? This is this is something that I've debated with with so many people because it's it's really it's really hard to say. I think it depends on the content that you're putting out. If if the content that you or the product, even if it's just a product, if you're putting out something that is completely authentic, that you don't have much competition with, then I don't think the look of your website matters quite as much. However, say like if you're getting into podcasting where there is a lot of competition or, you know, blogging or anything like that, then first impression is key. That is very, very important. 
it doesn't mean that you have to look like you have like a hundred thousand dollar website that's amazing, but it does need to be clean and it needs to be, it needs to function well. People need to be able to find things. They need to be able to add you on social networks and connect with you. Um, I mean, there's a whole marketing component to having a well-functioning, clean website. So I, unless you have a very, very authentic brand, I do think that it's important 99% of the time. So you're saying that we might have people come into our website to check out what we do, think it's ugly, and immediately they click off, and we don't even we're losing sales, and we don't even know it. Is that right? Well, what's cra- yeah, absolutely. And what's crazy? I was at Podcast Movement a couple of weeks ago, and I was talking with someone, and he was telling me that he was really excited about this coaching program that he had just signed up for, that he was thinking about signing up for. He had spoken with the guy, and the service was actually really expensive. But he was he was willing to pay for it because he was so excited about the connection that he made with this guy. Then he went on this guy's website and saw how terribly designed it was and immediately decided that he did not want to use the service. I mean, because your website represents who you are. I mean, that represents your professionalism. I mean, like I actually I read a quote recently that I love and it's a CEO wouldn't dress like he's homeless. So you don't want your website to represent you like a homeless person, you know. Because I, I do think that, that people view appearance, that's the first impression, and that's the first impact you're going to have on a customer. You want them to know that you're going to provide value for them. And so they need to know that you've been willing to put in the time and investment into creating something that's professional and clean. Absolutely. So, so that stock website that you just threw together, the answer is nope probably not good enough. That's that's really interesting that they met in person, made a great connection, saw the value that this guy was going to bring him, and then still did not do it because later on he saw the quality of his website. Yeah, I Very mean, interesting. That says a lot, you know, that it's, it's because he realized, like, this guy can't really provide me coaching services if he can't even represent himself in a professional way. So I, I think that kind of sums up that, that debate there. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and design is one of those things. Maybe, maybe a few years ago, you could have skimmed by, you know, when the internet was newer, you could have skimmed by with something else that, that was subpar. But anymore, people, I mean, there's a lot of competition and it's, it's easy to find those people. So having that right design, having something that looks clean and friendly, not scaring people off is so important to, to really getting people to stay on that site and be able to engage with you and get to know who you are. Absolutely. And and going back to what you said about there being a lot of competition out there, there's also so much clutter out there. So if you do have something that looks very clean and professional, you're going to stand out. Like no no doubt about it, you will stand out. Yeah, if you put the effort in, you're going to reap the reward for sure. Absolutely. Now, Brandy, I'm going to go ahead and switch gears for a little bit because I have a few more questions I want to ask you and then I want to be able to save a couple minutes at the end so you can talk about your special project coming up. Um, so first, we get inspiration from all over the place. We're all always trying to learn. We're always trying to be inspired. We're we're trying to find new new sources, new books, stuff that we want to look at. Where are you getting your inspiration? Where are you learning? Do you have a resource you can share with us? Yeah. So I actually, someone who, I my inspiration, all of it came from Steve Jobs, which I know he's debatable as well. People think that he was a jerk and that 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 may be 
So, but he was so focused on the quality of the product and keeping things affordable for the consumer that, and I read his biography and it just, it totally changed my outlook on everything. Um, so I highly recommend anyone who is getting into business read Steve Jobs' biography. However, I also recommend um, Blake McCoskey, who is the founder of Tom's, which is a shoe company that provides shoes for children in need every time a pair is purchased. He wrote a book called Start Something That Matters, and I see so much value in that. I'm, I'm just about done with the book, but so far it has totally, I mean, especially with the Quality Thrives project that we're, that we're working on, it's really changed my perspective on a lot of stuff. That's a great resource. I haven't read the book yet. I've seen it out there. It's on my list. I've not had the chance to read it yet, but that's a wonderful resource. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Now, what are some of your personal habits? What are some of the things that, that you do on a regular basis that help to contribute to your success? So this, this is totally old school, and it might even be kind of cliche. I have this strange obsession with checklists, and I have tried the hundreds of different online task productivity platforms. I've, I've spent so much time, time trying them out and ultimately keeping it, having, having a piece of paper in front of me that I can easily, I don't have to open another program on my computer. I can just have this piece of paper in front of me and check something off. That is so valuable for me and it keeps me on track and it also shows me what I'm completing throughout the day, which keeps me motivated. Um, so it's kind of, that's, that's like something that people have been doing forever, you know, and it's, I think it's kind of being overrun by all the productivity tools out there, which some of them are really great. But, uh, for someone like me, I just, I really love just plain old checklists. Simple works for sure. I I use uh workflowy. I don't know if you've ever heard of workflowy before, um, but it's so simple. It's just a, it's basically a checklist, but I have the app on my phone and then I have it on my computer and they talk to each other. And if, if I, I get in, in trouble, if I start using too much paper, cause I'll use post-it notes and things, and then I have scraps of paper all over the place. Right. And so I never get anything done, but right. So I have to ask you, do you, do you complete something that's not on your list and then put it on your list so you can check it off? No, but I was talking about that concept the other day. <laughs> That and that that's actually an interesting concept, it, creating a list that shows the things because, I mean, obviously, you're not going to be able to stick to your full checklist throughout the day. Things change. You get emails, you get calls, you know, it just that's just how it goes. But keeping a list of things that you have actually done, I think, would be pretty beneficial. And I think I actually might start doing that because it, it would just make you feel accomplished at the end of the day, you know, and not feel so stressed out and like, oh, I have all these things to do, but more so wow, I got a lot of things accomplished today. Yeah, I know sometimes I'm reaching to give myself a pat on the back, so I make sure I put that on the list right. and then cross it off. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, now what are you doing to stay fresh? How do you recharge those batteries? I mean, we're all busy doing all kinds of things, working with clients, trying to grow our business. How do you stay grounded? This is actually this is something that I struggle with personally quite a bit. Um, I think, and I think it has to do with the fact that I'm a designer, and designers just are obsessed with work, typically. I, I mean, I work all the time. And the only opportunity that I really have to recharge my batteries is when I go out of town. Because, like, I need to get completely out of my area. I have to be in a new city surrounded by new things to feel like I can actually recharge. 
But if I'm sitting at home and I'm surrounded with like my, my laptops next to me and I'm, I'm in my work area, it's very, very hard for me to actually shut my brain off. So, but I think that that varies from person to person. That's just how I am. I also personally feel that when I shut my brain off, it's a lot harder to get it back to the capacity that it was at. So I, I try to kind of keep this even level of motivation and flow going. Um, and then I save, like, I, I generally go out of town probably once a month, twice a month, something like that. I mean, even if it's like an hour away and my fiance and I just, you know, go stay in the bed and breakfast. That's that's how we recharge. Get away, get unplugged. Right. Give your chance itself a chance to recharge. Now, here's a question I have for you though too. A, a lot of people might warn you against the dangers of overworking and doing too much, but with the work that you do, does it feel like work or or is it enjoyable? It it does it does feel like work, and the debate of taking breaks and taking vacations and recharging and not working very much. That's something that I disagree with a lot of people on. And I, I, I won't get too in depth into it because I don't want to, you know, scare away your audience. Or anything. <laughs> um, it's your opinion. We're here to learn from you. Go for I, it. I, honestly, when I think about it, when I think about the people who are incredibly successful, like the people who have really actually made it that are you know, the top dog successful people at Steve Jobs level, those are people who always work. They worked their butts off to get work to where they wanted to be, and they continue to work. Even if when they can retire, they continue to work. And that's that says something to me, you know, that, that if you want to become one of those top dogs, really, you just got to work your butt off. Like, I mean, I don't see another way around it in the end. I mean, but at the same time, it is important that I've experienced burnout myself. And it really, really does affect my work. It affects my mood. It affects my emotions. So it's it's all about finding that nice, even balance. And and I think, too, when you're talking about these really high achievers, you know, their work, their work is their life. But I think in a lot of cases, they've designed it that way because they love what they do so much, they get a rush out of it. Look at Absolutely. Gary Vaynerchuk, for instance. Absolutely. Who works more than Gary Vaynerchuk, for crying out loud? But That's he loves every single minute of it. So I don't know that it's burning him out. I know. And I mean, he, he has been an overachiever since he was young. So and that that's just bred in some people. You know, I think that there's just some people who are born with this like adrenaline to just pump stuff out all the time. And if you don't have that, that's okay. You know, it, it's you shouldn't strive to like overwork yourself and kill yourself to get things done. So it's it's all about listening to yourself, listening to your body and knowing what's right for you. I think people should focus more on trusting their advice and their their own gut and how they feel versus you know, all the the advice articles out there per se. I mean, some some of them are obviously really beneficial, but don't get caught up in all the advice you're constantly told. Right. Be true to yourself. Find what works for you. Right. Absolutely. Now, that discussion may have just answered this next question, but I'm going to go for it anyway. <laughs> what's the best piece of business advice you've ever received, or what's one piece of advice that you want to give to us? I, You know, I thought about this, like, all this morning trying to think of the number one I, I think and I think this was my mother 
she didn't she didn't necessarily give this advice to me, but she showed it to me through her work ethic. It's all about persistence. And you know, she also always told me that the worst thing that can happen is that someone will say no. So the, I think the reason that I've been able to get where I am at such a rapid rate is I, I'm not scared to ask people for things. I'm not scared to ask people for feedback or offer my services. Like I do bartering all the time. And I spent the, probably the first two years of my career giving away services for free so that I could kind of get my brand out there and get my name out there. Um, and I just, it's all about persistence. If you want something enough, you will get it. You just have to fight for it. Know what you want, go get it, do something every day. And fight for it till the end. Absolutely. All right. Now, what's one thing, this is a biggie, this is a doozy. What's the, the one thing that our audience can do in the next 48 hours to improve their business? Think about, I mean, it depends on where they are in their business. Just think about the foundation of your business. I think that's that's the one piece of advice that I would recommend. If you've got a solid foundation, then I, I'm sure that you are on your way to success because that's the solid foundation is where everything starts. And if you have a foundation that's all over the place, then things are going to get really confusing, disorganized, and, and just overwhelming. So really try and focus on your foundation and cleaning that up before moving on to the next area or the next launch or the next phase of your business. So know who you're serving, know how you're serving, be very clear and then move on. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yes. Awesome. Love it. Now I want to give you a couple of minutes here because you have a really cool project that you're working on. And it's called Quality Thrives, and I want you to tell us a little bit about it because I think this is such an amazing thing you're doing. Thank you so much. So this project was started um, about six months ago by my fiancé and I, and we're both, we listen to podcasts a lot. We're very connected with the entrepreneur community, Um, and one thing that we really felt like we needed personally was people to relate to. Because a lot of the times when we're, when we're hearing advice and we're hearing information from these really high up successful people, it's really hard to relate to them because we're not at that level yet. You know, and I, I feel like a lot of the times when people do become successful, not always, but sometimes they can lose sight of what it was like to be at our level because everybody started at the bottom at one point, you know. Right. Um, so we decided to launch Quality Thrives, which focuses on documenting 250 everyday entrepreneurs. So, I mean, we've done interviews with, uh, we did an interview with Kelly Holt, who is the founder of the Austin Phoenix magazine. And that magazine just launched a year ago. I mean, she's still, she's actually pretty young. I think she's still in her twenties and she's really just trying to get it ramped up and out there. Um, we did an interview with someone who we, we did an interview with a mechanic because he, he owns a small business and there's, there's always like when someone starts a business, there's an inspiration behind it. You know, there's passion behind it. To run a business, you have to be a passionate person. That's just bottom line. And so, I mean, it's it's been such an amazing experience so far. We're going to be taking it out on the road on October 10th. We've only done, we've done about 15 interviews in Austin so far. We also did one in Houston with an artist named Pontran. Um, and come October 10th, 
we're going to be traveling to 17 different cities around the country to do these interviews because we really, really want to talk to people from different cultures, from different, you know, lifestyles. I, I lived in Connecticut for a couple of years and now I live in Texas and the difference between people is, is huge. So I imagine that the business owners, you know, vary very much so from state to, from state, to state as well. So um, we, we've launched our Indiegogo campaign that's set to run until the 16th of September. Um, we're, we're just trying to raise some money for some updated equipment, but we're going to be selling everything we own to pursue this. And, you know, we're fully prepared. If we have to live in our car, that's fine. We're just, we're so ready to speak with everyday people. And we really want to make entrepreneurs feel appreciated. We want to shine the spotlight on quote unquote, the underdogs or the behind the scenes people or people who aren't typically recognized is everyone does have a story. And I mean, just because you're not a millionaire, that doesn't mean that your insight doesn't matter, you know? So that's, that's our mission behind quality thrives. I love it. Main, main street America and really highlighting main street America. These are, are the people that are out there risking their life savings, everything to get started and follow that dream and and to serve other people so it's fantastic i right. love the concept behind it and you're going to have videos you're going to be producing a book afterwards is that right yeah so we we're distributing these in the form of a web series they're kind of like these two to three minute documentary style interviews like we ask the entrepreneur you know what have you struggled with what advice would you give to someone who was starting out how did you get started from the beginning things like that and then we also get footage of them in their work mode and we compile it into this documentary style two to three minute video and we're distributing it on YouTube right now. Um, eventually we'll be taking it to our website, which is our website website is live right now. We just, you know, there's a billion different things we have to do. So we haven't actually gotten the episodes on it. Um, and then, yeah, once we finish all 250 interviews, we are going to create a book called Quality Thrives, which will feature photos from each interview that we do, as well as the insightful quotes from all 250 interviewees. I love it. Very nice. So that's kicking off. You've done some interviews already, kicking off in October. It's going to be a great thing. Brandy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank Bef you. Before we sign off, can you let us know, how do we get in touch with you? How do we find out about Quality Thrives? How do we find out about Mile One Creative? Yeah, so my website, mileonecreative.com, is where you can go. Um, and my email address is brandy at mileonecreative.com. I honestly, I am so passionate about helping people find their focal point or, you know, just even people who are struggling, if they need a little pick-me-up, I, I love helping in any way that I can. So for any of you out there, if you need someone to talk to, please do not hesitate to get in touch with me. If you're a new designer, I would love to speak with you as well. Um, and then Quality Thrives, the website is qualitythrives.org, and there you will find links to our YouTube channel, our Twitter, our Facebook, our Indiegogo campaign, everything. So mileonecreative.com, qualitythrives.org. Thank you very much. Again, Brandy, thanks for being on the show. It was a pleasure to have you. Thanks so much, Chris. I appreciate it.